It's time to bet it all. This is Bet MGM Tonight, live from BetQL. And live from the nation's capital, Brian Horvath walks in with coffee behind me. There you go, man. It's just in time. We're Sorry, on they blew in the brain. I had to do the transplant. What I meant. You're good. Everything. Uh, nothing. Missed not a single thing, actually. Guns still down 5-1, so there's that. Y'all don't miss too many days. Yeah, it's true. You don't, you don't miss anything, actually. You're always... Always on top of things. 5-3, though. Nats, little comeback here against the Blue Jays. I like this. Good to see it. I don't. No? I mean, I don't hate to see it. No, I know. I just look up and I see my squad down 5 I'm just trying to find meaning with my team late in the season, man. There's not much for me. Just go over the win total at this point. I'll be, you know, happy enough. So Yeah, you guys are building something. <laughs> little by little, little by little. It's been fun, kind of. You know I what? Know. I, they're but let's be-, be honest. We're all just ready for... For, for football. Uh, yes, yes. I would re- be ready for real football, honestly. <laughs> ben Standing of The Athletic jumps on with us, and uh, he's been, really, I guess it's always been football for you, buddy, which is uh, great for you. Even in the offseason, there's always something going on. Found this really interesting. You had this piece uh, where you focused on organizational stability, which it's funny because as somebody that has covered the Washington Commanders for many years, it's not a team that agents came out and said was unstable anymore. Let's start with that piece. The teams that were the most unstable, give us who they were and and why. Yeah, so this is part of my uh, annual uh, NFL agent survey where I have agents uh, answer questions anonymously about all kinds of topics. And as somebody who covers the commanders, you know, it's always on my mind. And Dan Snyder was our frequent topic for these surveys. And so it got me thinking, okay, well, with him out and new ownership in, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but he can't be worse. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that much, at least. What franchise is now viewed as the most unstable? And top of the list for agents, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot to get into here. You know, the Kyler Murray thing a year ago yep. with his contract and, like, the homework part that he had to get done. Um, they have made some changes with the coach in the front office, so we'll see how that goes. But the, but their predecessors uh, left a lot to be desired in the name, in the view of the agents. Just everything seemed to be up in the air constantly with them. And even some said, even in the years when the Cardinals were winning and having some success with Kyler Murray, it always felt like it was just an unorganized, uh, you know, place ready to ready to blow up. And then that sort of happened over the last year or so, and that's why Cliff Kingsbury's gone. That's why it feels like Kyler Murray is possibly on his way out whenever he gets back healthy. So, yeah, they were definitely the worst. Uh, The other one, the Indianapolis Colts, if you've been paying attention just alone to this Jim Ursay, Jonathan Taylor stuff, you can see why the owner just comes out and makes, you know, random comments all the time. Uh, Ironically, he did that last year when it came to the idea of Dan Snyder and that maybe it was time for Dan Snyder, for the league to look into moving out Dan Snyder, while that was a popular comment by a lot of people, it was still very random. And this time he turned the random into his own team. And also like, you know, even a year or two ago, right, when he went off on Carson Wentz and you're like, okay, I get it. You want to move on from this guy, but why are you blasting him publicly? And that that doing that is, is putting, putting Chris Ballard and the rest of the staff sort of in a tough spot and uh, you know it's hard to control the owner because he's you know the guy in charge Ben really quick going back to Arizona because I've been talking about this since June I think it'll just be so fascinating if they win two three games they get the number one overall pick would they draft Caleb Williams personally I would or maybe it's Drake May 
but most likely Caleb Williams. Do you think that that should be the move? I mean, we're looking at like they are most likely going to start Clayton Tune, a rookie quarterback, so they're clearly tanking. Do you think that should be the way that they go, Caleb Williams, or maybe Marvin Harrison, go a different route and keep Kyler Murray as your franchise quarterback? Yeah, I mean, it's ironic we're talking about the commanders <laughs> with new owner Josh Harris and the Cardinals play the commanders week one, and if you had said, like, well, what team is going to tank, you'd be like, well, I don't know, maybe it's the guy who oversaw the process with the Sixers, but the Cardinals are clearly going down that path. Um, you know, we'll have to see how the season plays out, but it feels like I think a lot probably depends on what you think of Kyler Murray. Oh, he's obviously had some success in this league, but the playoffs, he's been kind of a mess. And, you know, the whole thing about you know, him having to, you know, make sure he's studied enough, you know, that's kind of a weird message to send to the guy. So it feels like they are not, you know, fully in on, on Kyler Murray, and therefore, you know, it, it is a bit of a clean slate. So if, if Caleb, it, look, if you have a quarterback that you think is all that, you take that guy and move on. I mean, sort of period, end of story. Um, they're clearly setting themselves up to fall all the way to the bottom, and you would think it would be for a quarterback. But, you know, we'll see if when Kyler Murray comes back this year, you know, what happens with this new coaching staff. Maybe there's a chance for a strong reconciliation. Ben, we always know in the NFL, if you don't have a good quarterback situation, your ceiling is always lower. And uh, the Cardinals certainly thought that they've got their guy. Maybe they still do in Kyler Murray. Meanwhile, the Commanders. Let's. I'm going to finally rip the Band-Aid off here. I'm going to bring up my team. I'm going to just I'm just going to go through this moment here. I've got cautious optimism this year. Cautious optimism for Sam Howell and the Commanders. Should I be cautiously optimistic about this team from what you've seen? Oh boy, how I that. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear, damn it. I mean, look, you know, they made a pretty risky call to essentially annoy Sam Howell as QB1 entering the offseason you know, eight days after last year ended uh, with them, you know, collapsing late and missing the playoffs. To do that with a guy with one career start, you know, that that, that is it, who is a fifth-round pick, that is a lot to ask. But the fact that Hal has performed as nicely as he has all spring and summer, he's got the big arm, he can, you know, he can move. Uh, they like the way he corrects his mistakes. Like, there's reasons to be optimistic, just at least in terms of the progression. I can't tell you he's going to be a franchise quarterback or lead him to the playoffs, but there's some good progression there. The problem is there's a lot of unknowns that they're going to have to sift through. Not only is Sam Howe a huge unknown by himself, he's playing behind an offensive line that at best its ceiling is like ordinary, it feels like. And at worst, it could be, you know, significantly a significant problem. And then you have Eric Bieniemy, who, look, there are some people who think he will be the next great coach and he's going to be a great play caller and all that. And there's others who think it's going to be a disaster. And we know that he's, you know, has not been able to get a head coaching job. You have to wonder how it is that 15 different franchises, I think, or 14, you know, decided he wasn't the guy for them. Maybe he proves them all wrong, but those are a lot of unknown variables to, to to put together to say, hey, even though the commanders have a top 10 defense, I'm projecting them to go back to the playoffs or have a winning, have a winning record. It's possible, but right now there is just too much unknown for me to say they're 100% on the right track for this year. But we'll see. That's why they play the game. We'll see what Hal can do and what the enemy, given this opportunity, can show what he can do. But, you know, there's, there's, there's bumps in the road I, I see ahead as well. <laughs>
Obviously, the Eagles are the clear favorites in the NFCs. They just went to the Super Bowl last year, but we know nobody ever repeats in that division. I actually kind of like Dallas this season, famous last words. And then you have the Giants coming off a playoff appearance last year. Who is the team uh, that you're highest on coming into the season? Is it Philadelphia, even with all their losses? I think it's Philadelphia. I mean, I, I, you're right. The, 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 the fact that nobody repeats makes makes picking Philadelphia you know, insane. I'm intrigued by the Giants, I will say. I mean, I think that, you know, last year, obviously Daniel Jones had his best year, was rewarded with a contract, and there's still a lot of questions about what his ceiling is. But I was really impressed with the coaching of Brian Dayball as well as the front office maneuvers of Joe Shane. And if if Brian Dayball's coaching, I mean, they really should have not – they should have been one of the five or six worst teams in the league last year. Like, they were, they were not even – not saying they weren't trying, but, like, you know, they, they had to dial back – some of their roster because of salary cap reasons and they were still able to perform and now Daniel Jones has another year in that system you add Darren Waller who's looked great this summer you know some more uh, some more picks Kayvon Thibodeau is going into the second year man I think that could be a pretty fun team so I still would pick the Eagles and obviously Dallas will play well but you know come on uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll find some way to blow it uh, yes but 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 yeah I'm, I'm intrigued by the Giants and again, to be clear, like I don't think the Commanders are like out of their depth against those teams. It's just, boy, at least those teams we have some baseline. And with Washington, we really don't. As I was saying, there's just so much uncertainty. But yeah, I think the Giants are intriguing to me with, with Brian Dayball's coaching. What'd you make of the Trey Lance trade to Dallas? Um, I thought it was bizarre. Yeah. Like, okay, from the 49ers' perspective, you know sunk cost, yada, yada. You know, they decided, look, this is working out. We're going to move on. We know we gave up a lot of picks. Fortunately for them, they do have the Brock Birdie thing. If that continues to work out, you know, that's a pretty good deal. It sort of balances things out, at least to some degree. But if you're Dallas, like, I get it in general. Look, you want to take a flyer on a guy who was the number three pick in the draft a couple years ago at the most important position? For sure. But to what end? I mean, if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, Trey Lance is never playing, and then you have no idea really what he is. And then his, he's going to have a contract coming up soon. Dak Prescott, I think next year's salary cap hit is somewhere in the neighborhood of $8 billion. That's approximate math. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty big. So what do you do there? Do you keep Dak Prescott, you know, or do you say, well, we, we're, we're not going to, you know, we're not, we're not going to pay you that. We're not, we, we don't want to keep this thing going. But how do you know Trey Lance isn't going to, likely have done anything so it's kind of weird i mean i i get taking a, a shot at that position but a you know fourth round pick isn't nothing and in the best case scenario he doesn't play for them so it's a little weird to me that dallas did it but you know i i i, I understand the risk to a degree but it just feels weird for them ben are you sold on brock purdy as a starting quarterback i know he looked really good you know last season but now he's the guy and sam darnold's the backup and you look at the nfc west the niners are the clear favorites the seahawks are getting a lot of love rams looks like it's going to be a rebuild although they're old and then you have the cardinals who we just talked about a disaster are you sold on purdy this year um i, I you know I, I really have a chance to watch whatever he did in the preseason but you know, i i gotta have some skepticism and i think the reason there's, there's hope, a lot of hope, is because of Kyle Shanahan. That, yeah. like, you know, what they were able to do last year with, you know, uh, 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 forget just the fact that Brock Purdy was a seventh round pick. Any rookie, right? I mean, is going to take some take some lumps, and you know, they they won game after game. 
having Christian McCaffrey, having George Kittle, uh, you know, Brandon Ayuk and others, like that helps, right? And and now they're going to have McCaffrey full for a full year, and and and, and all that. They got Trent Williams. They got a really good defense. I mean, there's a lot to like there. So Brock Purdy does not have to take it all upon himself. You know, he's probably not going to have too many games where he's having to score, you know, over 25 or 30 points to win because that defense is good. So I like it from that perspective. Beyond that, I, I just need to see more. You know, he just hasn't played a lot. Yeah. And uh, not saying it's impossible. He looked really good last year. But, you know, history says be be cautious. But, you know, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, you know, that's a pretty good spot to be in for a guy that maybe we still have some questions about. Is there a team in the NFC that you feel like people are overlooking at all? Because it feels like after the top three or four teams in the NFC, there's a very wide-open playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole NFC South is fascinating because you could tell me any of those four teams could come could come out on top, and I wouldn't think you were completely nuts. I'm intrigued by Atlanta. I mean, the B. John Robinson thing I think is going to be spectacular. Uh, you know, I know everybody is going against running backs and, and, and giving up all significant assets, either in draft picks or money, to, to take those guys. But, you know, when you've got a bit of an uncertainty at quarterback and then you've got Robinson, you've got Tyler Algier, you've got a really good offensive line, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Like, there's some really fun stuff there. And Arthur Smith is a pretty good OC. Uh, they're going to need Desmond Ritter to, to um, you know, to, to help hold up his part of the deal. But there's enough pieces there. And, again, in in a division, like the Saints, I get why they're the favorite. You add Derek Carr to a pretty good defense. But, you know, I, I think it's conceivable Atlanta ends up as the winner. And I don't know if that means watch after them as an NFC contender. But in terms of the team we're overlooking, I think maybe that's one I would, I would point to. Before we let you go, we got about 60 seconds. Who do you think gives the Chiefs, you know, the best fight in the AFC? Because there's so many different teams you can make the case for. The Chargers have a new play caller in Kellen Moore. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Jets. Who do you like the most in the AFC other than Kansas City, who's obviously an easy pick with Mahomes and Andy Reid? Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of feels like, okay, we shouldn't be overlooking Buffalo, right? But yeah. eh, I don't know. I mean, there seems some weird tension up there with the Stephon Diggs stuff. I don't know what to make of all all that. I mean, I, I love Joe Burrow. I mean, only because Patrick Mahomes is so is, is the unassailable QB1 in the league and all that, Does is Burrow not the best quarterback and ergo the best player, basically. I just think he's incredible, a great quarterback winner. And, you know, they have done a really good job of piecing that team around him. Uh, so, I, you know, I think Cincinnati, assuming, you know, it doesn't seem like Burrow's injury is that big of a deal. So I, I'd probably go Bengals, too. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Chargers did some really nice things this year. And I'm kind of waiting for Herbert to not just look the part, but actually play the part of difference maker, quarterback for a team that can make a run in the postseason. So, I think that could be one for sure um, with the Chargers, man. You know, there's always something that trips them up, it feels like. For sure. Ben Standig, the athletic Standig Room Only podcast. Good talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. It's Ben MGM Tonight.